Welcome back. Uh, one Take, the official podcast of the One New Zealand Warriors. This is a very special episode. Mm. Um, and it's not just because I have Maddie the Waterboy here. You might see that the studio looks a little bit different, a little bit flasher. And that's because we are at the content mothership <laughs> that is Bloke Studios. And I'm joined by the great man, The Beak, Warrior number 144, which he's probably most famous for. Yeah. And the man behind those glorious five letters that you might see here, B-L-O-K-E. Mate, it's a name that's now synonymous with sports culture. You're a name that's now synonymous with sports culture. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm really, really good. What an intro. It's pretty, <laughs> not a bad intro for the worst signing in Warriors history. <laughs> not a bad intro. Yeah. Listen, mate, I remember your days there fondly. Let's just say that, okay? <laughs> About so what, one in the whole population of New Zealand? Uh, you, listen, you can kick a goal. That's what I <laughs> Look, found out when you came I had a good moment against yeah. Manly. We'll get to that. Yeah, 2009 okay, was your crowning okay. moment. Um, <laughs> but look, bro, I know you don't do a lot of these podcasts um, because you do so many of your own, so I do really yep. appreciate you no, good, um, doing this, man. Um, I tend to start with a bit of a vague question for most guests and mm. you take it where you want, but uh, how are you, mate? How's life? Oh, mate, it's all falling apart. <laughs> it's all falling apart. Mrs. just left. Yeah. No oh, money. Oh. Perfect. Mate, huge gambling problem. Like, yeah. fuck, <laughs> shit is fucked. No, life is great, mate. Life is great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got a happy, healthy missus at home. My mm -hmm. family's happy and healthy. Um, I can punt responsibly, which is a good thing. Love that. <laughs> and Maddie, uh, Maddie seems healthy as well. Oh, you fuck, know? Maddie. You get that guy. <laughs> Seriously. Biggest dickhead in the game, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah, Maddie's hanging in there. Um, listen, bro, I do, like I said, I really appreciate you doing this because there's no one that I like talking footy more than with you, bro. And um, you've gone from, I want to kind of get to your journey a little bit, mm. but you've gone from a guy who, you know, landed in footy. I don't want to put words in your mouth because you were just athletic, mm. not that you necessarily loved it. Mm. Retired and absolutely fell head over heels in love with footy. Can mm. you talk to me a little bit about sort of your mindset when you were playing versus now and how much more plugged into the footy scene are you now? <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it, it's, a perfect, it's a perfect explanation of how it happened. Like I landed in rugby league because, you know, I was just, I happened to be good at it. Mm. Uh, also because, you know, when I was choosing between soccer, so I was with the, the Brisbane Raw, which are in the A-League, mm -hmm. and the A-League was just about to get created. So like, Basically, I was already in their reserve grade side. I was like 16 turning 17, which meant that I probably would have... They said to me, you play A-League in about two years if you stay. But obviously, we can't stand in your way. And then AFL came knocking anyway. So I had to choose between soccer and AFL and NRL. And the reason I chose rugby league was A, because I was, you know, okay or, or whatever. But B, it was one of my... It's my only memory with my grandfather. Oh, sitting at his nice. knee watching the Broncos play and watching Steve Renoff play. And that's literally the only thing I can remember with my grandfather. Yeah. And so he, he passed away before I got to play, but he would be, you know, if there is a heaven, the big fella would have been up there going, fucking oath. As soon as Lockie's putting that kick across, he's oh, going, go mate. on, son. So it's, tell it's, it, tell it. It's like so bittersweet because it, it would have been, it would have made his life to see his yeah. grandson run out in the Broncos jersey. But, you know, that's, yeah, that's kind of the reason why I went into it. And mm. But at the same time, like while I was playing, I would train extremely hard, you know, I'd always try to win the fitness duels and all that kind of stuff. You were you were very fit when you were playing. Yeah, like you? my yeah. my asset was the fact I was athletic. So Quick. at yeah. the very least I was always going to train really well. Um, but I wasn't like a student of the game. Like I hadn't fallen in love with it yet. I didn't really it's just like anything. Sometimes it takes time to like understand the nuance of it. Also understand the culture, fit in the culture. Mm -hmm. I think fitting in the culture what made me kind of like be like, Oh, I'm a part of this now, like I'm a part of the community and that makes you kind of love it. And then it wasn't until after I quit footy, even a couple of years, like I, I was a kind of, for a couple of years, I didn't really watch any footy. I was like, nah, it's just... Just didn't interest just, you or was it too hard? Oh, or? A bit of both. Too hard because I knew that I had squandered a lot of talent. And I'd left always, something in the tank, yeah. Oh, yeah. easy. Like definitely, like I should have played 10 years of NRL. Like yeah. I had the talent to do that, but 
due to you know some poor decisions for myself some bad off-field field stuff in regards to relationships for myself mm. just didn't work out and then i fell out of love of like be, being an athlete um and then yeah a couple of years later when i really stepped back into it and i just yeah fell in love with it you don't miss it now no well, I, I can't i heard you say it on your podcast the other day i thought it was an amazing question someone asked you would you trade what you had now for a 300 game career and before maddie could even get the question out you basically said Fuck no no chance <laughs> no not chance. a chance kind of speak to that bro for fans of you know um warriors fans but rugby league fans in general who <clears throat> playing footy is everything and for a lot of the mm. boys are playing it it is everything yeah you did it and you're saying that you are 10 times happier now i know you're not saying it as an indictment on footy mm. but why are you so much more content now than you were when you're a professional athlete because there's a lot that comes with being a professional athlete oh yeah for <laughs> sure like you know i i i fully think that people that play 300 games like fuck, good on you that's incredible like it is actually incredible mm. but for me it's like I played NRL. Like I played enough NRL to say I was an NRL player. I didn't come in for one game or two games or whatever, which is technically you're still an NRL player. Like I played 40 games. So it's like, yeah. what's the difference between 40 and 150? Like, okay, we could sit here and go, oh, you're not a true NRL player to play 100. It's like, yeah, okay. Like I get that argument in regards to That's like to the like, 1% of the 1%. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I get that argument of like, you know, you you learn what it is to be an NRL player, consistency. Rah. But mm. for me, it's like, I'm an NRL player and post footy your life is so much longer post footy than it is when you play mm. and i've been so fortunate to like i would be, feel differently like let's say i was you know maybe doing my electrical apprenticeship still maybe i would say no i would way rather be a 300 game but because i've been so fortunate to land where i have i wouldn't change a, like a literally a single thing because then i wouldn't have this so it's, it's the old adage of i played football i'm not a footballer like yeah. the old it, it doesn't define you it's just something that you did which is weird because like I, I don't it I don't know if football defined me, but definitely athlete defined me. Like mm. I struggled with that massively and I still do today. Like in my heart of hearts, and I think most former professional athletes will tell you this, mm. even though we're so far past it, we still think we're an athlete. We this party is sitting there watching TV going, I wouldn't have jammed then. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a part of our identity. Yeah, like, and I think, I think we'll always identify it's a as an athlete. Life, isn't it? yeah. It's from it's literally five years old. Like yeah. I, I wasn't, from five years old, it was, you know, you were the best at what you did in your whole area, if not your whole state, mm. if not your whole country, you're going to be something in sport when you're older. And so that's why I think it's really important for a lot of athletes to try to stay around the game, especially ones that are as committed as like some people that may have started playing for fun with their mates when they were 10, maybe they don't identify as strongly, but yeah. if you've been going at like training your ass off since you were five years old, then it's, it's, I just don't know what my life would be without sport. I don't know how I, I I just think it would be pointless. Yeah. It'd be weird and pointless. Well, my life would be pointless without the content you're doing now, Kempi. <laughs> so uh, we will get to that, bro. But look, the weekend it was, um, we're still riding a high, us Warriors fans, after yeah. that amazing game from the Sharks. So I oh. want to get the Beaks perspective. Yep. Um, for anyone who might not have listened to uh, you and Guru and the boys breaking it down earlier in the week, what do you make of that uh, famous YSV Sharks game, mate? Mate, it's, it's amazing. But you know what? It's been a long time coming. Mm. In regards to long time of like the first game of the preseason – you could feel something different at the Warriors. And if you watch the show, you'll know that we've been going, I think there's something different at the Warriors here. Mm. Like it's not, it's not the age old, oh, you know, if we get a sniff and we get our tails out, we can just bash people in and then win by 20 or whatever. You know, it seems like the boys are working for each other. Like yesteryear Warriors for sure, like they would work for each other, but sometimes they would, they would work individually rather than to a cause. And mm. I don't know what's going on internally, but it just seems like you've got a squad of blokes that are all heading in the same direction. And so yep. watching the first preseason trial, 
we, we kind of said, oh, oh, fuck, I think there's some. Because going into the year, I'll be honest, I was like, fuck, I'm a bit concerned about the Warriors because I don't – first of all, they got a rookie coach. Yeah. The re- recruits are solid, but are they substantially better than what you already had? On paper, it didn't look like it. So I was like, how do they improve from last year? Yeah, I underestimated Andrew Webster's ability to just nail it straight away. But I also underestimated – had, We had nothing to measure it against, right? Yeah, exactly. So you didn't know. <laughs> exactly. And also, I underestimated – I looked at the players as – their form on the field rather than what they could offer as blokes. Like there are certain kind of players that they, if they go to a team that has the same values as them, they become better. Who's a good example of that? Are you talking like Murata Niakore or that sort well, of blend or Chance? Like, like Chance, perfect chance example. Is a good example. You know, yeah. at the last year, couldn't even get in the Raiders side. Now yeah. I was shocked at that. Like I, I am shocked that the Raiders were even willing to let him go. But You're, you're on the record saying that. That's yeah, all right. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. That, that was surprising to me. But again, at, at the end of the day, on paper, at the time, he's a reserve grade fullback yes. even though i don't think he's a reserve grade fullback that was the reality yeah. and yet he's come there and look is he tedesco right now no but he's exactly what the warriors warriors need they need a butler right. yep. that loves the jersey that when you look across from you with the warriors jersey on you see chance you know at the very least he's given everything mm. everything he's got you know compare that to maybe you get a guy that has a higher skill ceiling but is he going to bleed for the war the wise jersey of the way chance is probably mm. not and so things like that i think it's just been real smart recruitments um obviously neil corey has been neil corey is um mm. he's a gun i've yeah. always thought he was a gun i always thought he was he, kind of underutilized at the years if i'm being honest um he's the kiwi center people kind of forget about that yeah he's play. a gun <laughs> like yeah. a center like yeah. a center, but he's also a forward tomato martin like there was a i think at the the broncos we were forgetting that he had these really great moments and these great games you go far out he's silky and you saw the fact that he was like a step above but i think a lot of people forgot that first year at the broncos first or second year that he was still easing back into footy mm. what, two years off or yeah maybe three like yeah with, with concussion like it's a serious serious thing yeah and so now we're starting to see oh this is why this guy used to be a step above everyone else like he's got that extra couple of years of rugby league in him and he, he's he's hungry he's hungry people as well. forget with tim idea as well bro is um that Everyone remembers that Michael Morgan run. Was it 17 when they ran to the yeah, GF? Yeah. Which was obviously historic. Yeah. Tamati was a yeah. big part of that as 100%. well. And um, and it was obviously before the injury. But yeah, I take your point. He's He's been pretty special for us in the last few weeks, man. Yeah. So it's just like, and then you've got SJ with a point to prove. A lot of people mm. forgot that SJ was away from his family last, last year. Mm. And like, if anyone can relate to off-field stuff, struggling your on like making your on field stuff struggle to me when i was at the warriors I was in a terrible relationship mm. um with a with a girl that treated me poorly and so my head was just completely off but i was so young i didn't know how to handle it yeah um and obviously it's a different scenario for sj but when you're away from your family for as long as you are anyone that's got kids or a wife that they care about knows how hard that's going to be everyone needs a support network whether 100%. it's footy or doesn't matter who doesn't you matter are. what you're doing yeah um and look i know some people listening like oh yeah but i work away and like mm. yeah fair enough like respect here that's a great effort like i'm not saying that's not a great effort i'm just saying for some people it's a lot it's yeah. a lot it means it doesn't mean that you love them more or less it's just everyone's different and also sj is in a extremely high pressure environment where everything is his fault everything's yeah. his fault yeah. um so which is positive because look on the weekend everything's his fault he gets the glory He's the reason. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, I, I just love what's happening at the Warriors at the moment. Like, and it's so exciting to look. Put it this way: if you had this roster together for four or five years and you were doing this, I would go, "Yeah, it's good. It's mm. good. We know the Warriors can do this." But what excites me is we're at the beginning of your journey at the Warriors. We're at the beginning. Got, got Tohu Harris, like unbelievably underrated. 
um, playing some great footy, obviously coming back this week. Yeah. Um, and he won the game last week without him. So I, I, the thing that excites me at the Warriors so much is that you're at the beginning of a journey and it's only going to get better. Jeez, you just made fans run through a brick wall there. <laughs> I love that, mate. Um, you spoke then about Andrew Webster. I did want to talk to you a little bit about him. We have got your guys' fan questions as well that we will get to uh, later on. But you spoke about Andrew Webster, Kempe. From a player's perspective, bro, how hard is it for a rookie coach? Um, I'm trying to kind of get you in that headspace of being in that locker room. Yep. With a rookie coach like Andrew Webster who comes to a new club, new culture in New Zealand, which obviously you know a lot about, um, what – what does he have to do to kind of win that group over? He has, mm. but I'm kind of mean more so if you're a player there and a new coach is coming in, what is kind of expected of him or how does he? How does someone like that approach it? Because he seems to have done a pretty good job. Yeah, and, and as you said, the key, a real key factor is it's a different country with mm. a different culture. Like Australia, I know we are so close, but it is different. It's so different. <laughs> yeah. Like they react differently to certain, like for example, when I was at the Warriors, the difference in, it was a family club. Like a lot of the boys, and maybe it's changed now, I'm not sure. No, nah, it still is, yeah. <laughs> it's a very family club. Like you, when you're at the Broncos, it's like boys are on the fucking piss, like we're yeah. out, right? Yeah. Whereas like I'm in Manu Vatavai's room drinking kava. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's what we used to do after games. Yeah. Um, the, car, the kava still gets around. Still gets around. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, and I, I enjoyed it. It was a much more kind of mellow, relaxed feeling, but it just shows you the, the, the massive difference. Whereas like, and look, I'm sure the young fellas still head out yeah, in New yeah, Zealand yeah. for sure. But in you know in Brizzy, it was like boys, if let's fucking rip if we get a, if we get a win, we're, we're off. Fucking win, lose or draw, bros. We're out there. <laughs> Take the college um, shirt. Yeah, and then we get in trouble on Monday by the coach. <laughs> no, but and so that's a really um, a really like important, I guess, point to bring up is it is a different culture, completely different culture. But I will say that New Zealand, when I, especially when I come over there, anyway, they were so welcoming. They made it easy. As long as you respected what was happening, they made it easy to fit in. Whereas mm. that was something I was a bit concerned about. That like, oh, I'm the Aussie coming over there. I, you know, maybe they're going to be like, oh, the Aussie can just kind of step outside of the, the inner circle. But it wasn't like that at all. It was like open arms, really. Like it was, it's beautiful. So, um, it's. I think that he's experienced with a lot of young. Like he's got Fisher Harris. He's got Leota. Mm. Um, you know, I know Maori culture is different to Polynesian culture, but there is some crossover there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially so, just with communication style. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And reacting similar-ish. Again, I yeah. know it's different. I'm not trying to lump it all together. Um, and also there is a big Samoa and, and Tongan. 100% um, presence in the club. Yeah, so yeah. that Ad, makes sense. Adam, Adam's the big dog on campus. So. Exactly. <laughs> and so the fact that he's already dealt sorry, with... Sorry, Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> He'll hate that. The, <laughs> the fact that he's already dealt with that at Penrith yeah. and one comps and everything, he understands that they require a different uh, approach, which yeah. is, and I think that the beautiful thing about Penrith of what they've proven this year, like over the last few years, is there's not just one way of doing things. 100%. I feel it's like- It's not just the Melbourne way. Exactly. Yeah. It was just the Melbourne way for a lot. Was it, it was the Melbourne way or it was the Roosters way mm. where, you know, you're crazy, you'd be able to recruit anyone kind of thing or hard, like just almost army kind of yeah. environment. Whereas Penrith have pro proven that you can still train as hard as all of them and be as fit and as strong and as fast. But be yourself. But you can yeah. be yourself, have a bit of fun, no one to relax. So Your boys uh, are kind of showing that this year, the Broncos. They've kind yeah. of got their own little swagger. But they might get lost that. in Brizzy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be doing that in Brizzy. You get lost in a, like, the GPO, the Normby. Yeah. Half me solster under the Normby table. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they'd be running a muck up there, the boys. Um, no, I, I wanted to touch a little bit on that time because uh, you're you're a Warriors old boy yourself, Kimby, Warrior 144, um, and you've spoke a little bit about your time to New Zealand. You kind of came, bro, um, uh, when the, the club was kind of on the precipice of a nice little period there, particularly 11, when obviously all three grades mm. made the GF and that. What do you remember about your time at the club um, from a football perspective mm. and then wider than that, kind of your, your year in New Zealand in general, bro? Because I know you were dealing with off-the-field stuff, yeah. but... Um, what do you kind of 
when you look back on now is Dan and Kemp, the Mr. Mr. Bloke. <laughs> what do you remember about your time in New Zealand? Um, I just remember just the family vibe. Like it mm. was just a, a very family vibe and very like, it felt more, it felt less uh, businessy than the Broncos. Broncos felt very like there was a disconnect between the admin and the playing group, intentionally so. Like I think it was Broncos, regimented. Yeah, sense, like yeah. Broncos mentality was kind of like you don't need to know what's happening up here. You just take care of the the, the results. We'll take care of this. And it, it worked, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it works, and it kind of protects the players from being stressed out about what's going on there. Whereas uh, the Warriors felt very much like this is an open, mm. like it's it's this is an open door kind of policy. What year did you get there, Kimpy? Was that two thousand nine? Two thousand nine. Oh, end of two thousand eight, yeah. heading into two thousand nine. Yes. Um, and 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 it felt really like. You know, you could just walk up into the office, you know, I'm not sure, is Nadine still there? Yes, no, oh no, Nadine's not still there, no. But I do, know, I do know Nadine. Oh, yes, OG, yeah. so good. She was so good. She yeah. just, anything you'd need, she'd boom, straight yeah. away. And it, it felt like you could walk into the CEO's office, yeah. whereas like Brisbane was a little bit different. Like, don't get me wrong, I was still approachable, but it's just a little bit different. Um, whereas the family vibe in New Zealand, like you could just feel it. Who like, was kind of the senior boys um, from the football perspective at that time when you came over? So Who it was, was kind of, like Simon Mattering, yeah. Witty, Michael Witt. Um, oh, Michael Witt, Mr. Real Estate, he's killing yeah, it. Yeah, he's Woody. killing it. The big <laughs> fellow on the Goldie. <laughs> yeah. hey, he's coming up to my neck of the woods. Loves it. Um, yeah, Simon Mattering, yeah. Witty, uh, Rapati, oh, Vatavai. Yeah, yeah Rapati. I'm telling you right now, Rapati is one of the best centers to play the game, and I will hear nothing of it. Love that. Because, you know, you go, I put it this way <laughs> Joey Marnie was the beast today. Yeah. Rapati was the Joey Marnie of that day. Go back and watch his, the amount of meters he'd get, the tackle breaks, the ball playing, the footwork. Incredible. He also yeah. broke my ribs, but we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> he, I think he's one of the most unsung, underrated centers outside backs to ever play the game. I, yeah. I swear to God. He played 10 years. He was, was so good, man. And like the again, he was the Joe Money before Joe Money. Like mm. I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting, yeah. And maybe I have rose colored glasses on and I'm misremembering, but. No, no, no he, he, was, he could float both sides as well. He, he didn't was have a preference. Gun, no, crazy footwork. Similar, he played similarly to. Joe Manu got through a bunch of work, shimmy, hectic footwork, bam, shimmy, yeah. yep, shimmy, shimmy, fuck out the back. Um, <laughs> Who did he? Um, there was someone at the Bro uh, at the Broncos that he absolutely cleaned up off a kick return once. He knocked yeah, him Joel out. Clinton. Joel Clinton <laughs> knocked yeah, him out. Yeah. I don't that know was back I was in the glorious days of the shoulder. I don't charge, know if I it? played in that game on the other wing to yeah. Kevin. Yeah, I think I might have. Anyway, I, I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah, just a family vibe and yeah. So the lead, the leader, the leaders of the team, Simon Manning, obviously mm. witty. Woody was great. And Nathan Fien, um, Stacey oh, yeah. Jones. Stace was still oh, there. Just, yeah. just, just a Stacey Jones. <laughs> Casual Stacey. Yeah. He's still there, Stace. He's up. I think one of the, you'll like this as well, Kimpy. Um, from a, you know, I work at the club, but I'm not involved in football per yep. se. But um, the amount of times Webby leans on his assistant coaches, mm. Stacey Jones, uh, Richie Agar, Morgus, like the way he leans on them mm. from a, um, you know, a respect point of view, but it's not just, he's not just ticking a box. Yeah. Like when he goes to Stace with something or he says, oh, blah, 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 Stace has brought me this. It's it's genuine. So yeah. it feels like, and Webby gets a lot of credit for what he's doing and he absolutely deserves it. But that is a legitimate coaching team that they work yeah. within. And um, and he's obviously learned that at Penrith where they probably do it better than anyone. Well, I mean, he was the assistant at yeah. Penrith. And actually, if you watch the All The Way documentary on Nine Now uh, with Penrith, mm. Nathan Cleary makes a point. He says, look, a lot of other assistant coaches, they're incredible. They get a lot of, you know, press or whatever. He said, but Andrew Webster has been crucial to what mm. we've been doing. And he makes a point of saying Webby. So that yeah. shows you how important he was to that Penrith makeup. Uh, we like our guy, mate. We like our guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've obviously a million fan questions about the Warriors, but I want to talk a little bit about you. I know mm. it's going to make you uncomfortable, but yeah, try. Hate it. Um, <laughs> after footy, mate, you spawned this machine. Mm. Bloke in a bar. Um, 
in this, I call it sub-media, and I mean that in the most respectful way possible just because mm. it sits under traditional media, but this space... Sits beside. Sits beside, good work. This <laughs> space that uh, <laughs> that you and Maddie, to a lesser extent, operate in, um, how did this sort of uh, journey come about? I know that's a very vague question, but where do you see Bloke at the moment in that space? Because um, to us, you're the gold standard, bro. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm. Um, I, I see us as just, you know, I, I don't see us as traditional media, but as I said, I see us beside traditional media. I see mm. us as someone that just an alternative way to get your news, your content. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a different angle on rugby league. And so it's not better or worse. Like some people might think it's better and that's great. But from my perspective, it's just like, look, we, this is the way we view rugby league. This is what we think, you know, the right way is to view rugby league and the right way to give back to rugby league. Um, we think the fan, and I am a fan as well, we think that, mm. you know, there is so much good content out there. You don't need to focus. You know, obviously we talk about negative stuff and we critique and we say, you know, you know, for example, Warriors at the end of the Roosters game, they made a couple of crucial errors and yep. they shouldn't have done that. We, we're more than happy to be cr- critical with that. You're not just... Patting the boys well, on yeah, the back just and going, going, oh, so unlucky that the, the Warriors mm. beat the, they got yeah. beaten by the Roosters. It's like, yeah. no, no, they made errors and they need to fix that up. Yeah. Um, and obviously they went and did that. But so it's not like we're just like everything is positive. But we just think that there is a way that we can speak about this, that you still get the excitement, you still get the drama, but you also get something that's helping the game grow in a positive direction. I'm not, and I don't, I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not saying traditional media doesn't have that part of it. They just view it differently. Like they, mm. they view it as, you know, we've got a story to tell and we're going to tell it no matter what. And, you know, we, we feel like this angle is the best angle. It's, it's not better or worse. It's just this is the way I, I think it's better. But I'm mm. not saying you can't say uh, factually it's better. It's just right. a different way. But I personally like doing it this way. It's a bit of fun whilst at the same time giving you really deep, knowledgeable look into rugby league. Why, bro, do you think you cut through? Like of all people that have <laughs> that have attempted to, um, and I, and again, I mean this respectfully, there's a lot of people that have tried to go this route, whether mm. it's internationally or or here at home. I do think you're a bit of a pioneer in the the podcast game, particularly. But mm. why do you think <clears throat> Den and Kemp cut through, bro? Like, what, what's know. your what's your secret? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Yeah, because like I I didn't have many mates growing up and mm. got bullied quite a bit. Not as well as me story, some you know, not at all. No, so it's I context, wasn't like, yeah. yeah, I wasn't like the, the cool kid. I wasn't walking around and everyone's like, oh, then like, no, I was the athlete. And mm. the, like being the athlete's probably the only thing that protected me from even worse bullying because if I didn't have that to fall back on, then they could, yeah. You anyway. could either A, defend yourself or B, run away. Yeah, you're quick exactly. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I think that it's a mixture of, I think a lot of people listening, I hope they think like I'm I, I'm one of them. I think that helps them. Mm. Like go, he's just a fan of the game too. Like obviously they go, well, he's played the game, so we're going to respect his opinion a bit more or whatever. But I think a lot of people see it that they can see my intentions are positive. And so when you can see someone's intentions are always positive, it just makes you feel better. It makes you feel better. I, I think um, the fact that I've played obviously helps massively. Uh, it helps to have cachet in the game. But to that point, Kimby, you've, you've built something where you can bring in guys like Guru and and Timmy, who haven't played, mm. and I put equally as much, Maddie, again, to a lesser extent, I put in as much, <laughs> I put in as much weight into what the Rue has to say yeah, the as you, yeah. um, as everyone should. But, yeah. um, and, and, and Tom and Eddie, you know, they didn't play either, but you've mm. built this thing, bro, where 
And look, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a wrap. Um, I, I think you bring, from an outsider, I mm. think you bring a professional athlete's mindset to business, mm. which I think you can speak to, Matt, because it's a it's a different work ethic and, and you learned this through footy. And when you're in these rooms, and I know you've been in rooms with some big hitters, um, <laughs> how do you feel when you're in those spaces? Because mm. um, I could imagine a, a lot of anxiety for a guy who, like you said, you still identify as an athlete mm. and you're in these boardrooms and meeting rooms with these big wigs and they're you know offering all this stuff and the beers popping how do you feel in those rooms bro because I, I think your your athlete mindset actually is a asset mm. in that sort of conversations yeah it's it's a mixture of two things sometimes you can feel it's like you you get this feeling of like imposter syndrome where you're like yeah oh, you know but i didn't wear my suit yeah <laughs> and it's like you kind of be like oh like am i supposed to be here or whatever but then i don't know then i just kind of get angry i go no fuck that if they're not interested i'll just fucking do it myself so yeah. um I don't know. Yeah, like I think it's the competitor in me that that get, can keeps pushing me forward or whatever. I think that's why you cut through, mate. And so you, you are a competitive bastard. <laughs> yeah, I'm competitive, not in a fucking psychotic way. No, you're competitive against yourself. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, yeah. And so when when um when all that kind of stuff happens, I, I don't get me wrong. Like sometimes I feel like wow, like this is happening or that's happening. I'm like I I'm just like you. I'm I'm mm. no different. I'm just like anyone else that's listening. Like just a normal when crazy stuff happens in your life you're sitting there going i can't believe like i'm just a normal person like what did i do to get so lucky there's plenty of people that work harder there's plenty of people that have more know, money i don't know about that mate oh, i don't know about work harder. Me, there's plenty of people that work harder <laughs> maybe maddie but i don't know about no, that no there is there's plenty of people work harder there's plenty of you know people with more <laughs> money <laughs> you know better on camera all that kind of stuff but so you I guess you just got to, I think a, a key is always appreciating what you got as well. I think people can feel you that. You do do that, yeah. Um, oh, you can feel that. Without, without being like in a fake veneer of like, oh, like so, that kind of yeah. fake, sick, yuck. Oh, yeah. I'm so grateful and appreciative and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, like. It can be like a quiet acknowledgement, like a hat tip. Like, well, cheers, look, boys. I'm appreciative, but <laughs> yeah. I'll also acknowledge I worked hard, yeah. you know. Um, and so, yeah, I think people can. It's, it's a it's a fine line you want to let people know that you appreciate it but you don't want to preach to them mm. and i think like you, you know you, you just stay authentically just yeah you, you just you just be honest with them so mm. um you know there's a i guess there's a space for people that i guess entrepreneurs and that that mm. want to be really in your face with all that kind of stuff i don't know if it gels that well with aussie culture if i'm being honest mm. and also kiwi culture yep. um and so yeah i guess be appreciative but don't be preaching Clearly you have inspired a lot of people in this space, bro, like whether it's Jimmy Graham or Scope and Mace kind of Hello Sport. Mm. Um, you were always like our North Star, my previous um, employer as well. Like why or how do you keep kind of innovating or moving the goalposts forward? Because as much as you are inspiring this this mm. whole sub-media and, and club-owned media like we're doing here at the Warriors, you've got to also go, okay, well, I've got to now go better, go mm. one better, move forward because yeah. you've got the – the scopes of the world and all these other people that are trying to be bloke. Mm. How do you kind of keep moving forward in that space? Um, I don't know. I, I just think that in my head, I'll, I always will outlast. You so, double down on what you do as well. Yeah, right? I'll just go, well, okay, you you might be, you know, be hot right now or mm. whatever, but I'm always going to turn up. So hot right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just always going to turn up. Yeah. And so if you want to turn up for the rest of your life, mm. sweet. But... I think I'll turn up a little bit longer. That's the competitor competitor in me. Love that. Um, and mm. I th I think you find a lot of athletes think that. Like, yeah. So it's not necessarily like oh I'm you know smarter or funnier or anything. It's mm. not that at all. It's just I just feel like I'm. You might have like a hundred eight out of ten days, but I'll have a thousand seven out of ten days or yes. six out of ten days. Yes. And so that's where I feel like you know that's why I mean I I started my podcast like seven or eight years ago. 
Yeah, it's, people forget that. Yeah, eh? people, don't, people don't realize that. <laughs> they just go, far in the last eighteen months, he's yeah, been killing crazy. It. <laughs> and it's like, bro, this started He's eight so years lucky. ago. Yeah, uh, I was working in a coal terminal, covered in coal, doing the podcast. Yeah. Like, so, um, right. no, nah, but I'm very lucky at the same time. Like, lucky that it's all come together at the right time, kind of thing. I don't know how much luck has to do with it, but you are humble. We like that. Um, talk to the Warriors fans, bro, who might not know a lot about bloke, uh, bloke in a bar from a content perspective. What do they get weekly out of you? What's kind of your week look like from a content perspective, bro? Okay, so basically each day we, we post all the latest news, signings. Mm. We do every score update. You know, we do statistics, everything like that. So you've got all that on the social media. Um, and then for, from the podcasting perspective, we've got uh, Monday Review, which is a full review of every single game, which goes for about three or four hours. Tuesday, we usually have a player interview or a Q&A. Uh, Wednesday, we'll have I'll have the captain's run, so I've got a show with Cameron Smith mm-hmm. where we preview preview slash review the footy. Thursday, that's got a, a trip pre- out that you do a show with Cameron oh, Smith. I know it's bro. bizarre. Well, I, <laughs> it sounds weird even when you say it now. No, it is bizarre, bro. Like I literally was in the car with him yesterday, driving up to Gympie to do a show. I'm like, this is crazy, bro. The fuck, the goat of the all goat. goats. Yeah, with some fucking with Cameron winger. Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. with some fucking winger that played 40 games. Like, far out. What a joke. Yeah. Have you ever thought the world was fair? It's not. <laughs> Clearly not. Um, then Wednesday, then Thursday, I've got a show with Hello Sports, so it's just a preview, just a bit of a shit talk, a bit of fun. Yeah. I don't know if you can swear on There's this. Some footy. Yeah, you can, mate. Yeah. Um, and then on Friday, I got a show with Matty Johns uh, and the, the real Andrew Webster. The real Andrew yeah, Webster. That's, yeah. all, that's what he reckons. That's what he reckons. <laughs> yeah, we got Webby. So you take Andrew <laughs> Webster. Uh, that's awesome, bro. Look, I, I really do appreciate, um, obviously, your time. We've got a couple of fan questions, which I'm going to yep. run, run by you. Yep. But number one question, we've got to get it out of the way because I haven't even got a name here. We had, I think there's well over a thousand questions. Really? That were, um, f- no, specifically on this. When are we getting? I can't bloke? believe that many people. Ask, when are we getting? What the, what when are we getting bloke in New Zealand beat? Come on, man. Oh man, like look, guys. I wish it was two years ago that yeah. we got bloke in New Zealand, but we are still a quite a small setup. It looks looks substantial. Yeah, but we're a small setup, and and although Australia and New Zealand are, you know, we're quite tight. We're, you know, we're the Anzacs. We're tight yes. as anything. It is still a whole new country. You know, so the realities of starting liquor over there is it's tough, right? It's just, and it's essentially like starting a whole new company yep. in a new country. Uh, so look, as soon as I can, as soon as the <laughs> bloke bloke can afford to step into New Zealand, we will a hundred percent try. What to about get New what about maybe just from a content perspective? Because there are a couple of questions around live shows. Yeah, is that something you would like to do over there? Maybe a test or something? No, we would love to do it. We yeah. would love to do some live shows over in New Zealand. Again, it's just all about. Making it the make resources sense. Yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, I'll tell you what, if you ever need a studio, we've got a hell of one okay. at uh, Warriors HQ, okay. mate. And your name carries a lot of weight around oh, there, Dennis. Yeah, Still oh, carries yeah. a lot of weight. He's <laughs> away. All right. Uh, this first legitimate question comes from underscore Delamante. He says, We often compare rugby league to other codes. Personally, I think we have overtaken AFL and rugby, but what more does the beak believe we can <clears throat> learn from other codes? Well, I guess it's a bit of a wide question, but maybe what, what more do you think rugby league or what are, are the other two codes doing better than rugby league still? Mm. Um, oh, because they're such different games. Well, rugby in New Zealand, I'm not really sure in regards to what they're doing. Rugby mm. in Australia is just not doing that great, so probably nothing yeah. from them. Um, AFL, they get great turnouts at their games and they've got really good memberships, but it's a different game to watch AFL live. Like mm. it's it's kind of like soccer where you know depth of field matters. Like being able to see someone, everything, yeah, yeah everything that matters because it, it's all part of the game. Whereas league is a very you're, everything is focused on where the ball is, mm. you know. So on TV, it's better because you've got a close-up of the contact. Um, look, I think that 
AFL have been much better, much more business savvy in regards to using their money in a smarter way. Like they've got an asset that's worth like a billion dollars or something. So yeah. they've almost future-proofed themselves against, I know networks are partners with them, but when they go to networks and networks go, oh, we're going to offer you unders. Yeah. They just go, you know what, we'll just... We back ourselves and we don't need yeah, it. We'll, yeah, we'll take a loan out on our billion-dollar stadium or whatever and we'll mm. be fine. Whereas NRL doesn't really have that back fallback yet. We, we rely... Like our, first of all, we are the most watched uh, sport in the country and that's not even including Origin. And yet our media deal with Nine and Fox is subs- like hundreds of millions of less Unders. than AFL. Wow. Which shows you like how much we're underselling ourselves. So once we, we sort out- Just from the, like a business structural from perspective. From a business yeah. perspective, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think that we could learn. But yeah, rugby league's never been in a better spot. Never I been in a better spot. I think it's number one. Thank you, Del Monte. The next one comes from Tetoirua underscore and then like 19 numbers. So probably a fake, <laughs> probably a fake, Maddie's fake account. <laughs> it says, I missed the door. What was slash is Shandor's involvement with Bloke and would we see more of him rolling forward? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. The big who, fella. Who wouldn't want to see him on, to, Mate, on the camera? Best looking man in Australia. <laughs> yeah, hundred. Um, he's also the busiest man in Australia. Yeah. So. Uh, look, I would love to, but unfortunately, he's just busy. Yeah. Like he's just got his normal job and he can't get away. But whenever he wants to, he's he, he knows that he's welcome whenever. So. Open door. Whenever. Yeah, we love the door. Open sand door. Um, <laughs> other Kaz. The Beaks Mount Rushmore of wingers all time. So I guess you could have a top five. That's tough oh, to that's tough to get no prep. Just throw it. Yeah. Um, Dell. Yep. There's got to be a non-Bronco in here too. That's my stipulation. Yeah. Dell. Would you say Israel Flau Israel Flau yeah, is a winger? Yeah, absolutely. I think Manu's got to be up there. Yeah. Especially at his like peak when he's playing good footy. Only player in our history to score ten straight tries in ten straight, ten straight years. years. Um, you put Moles up in there just from a try. Fox. Fox. Yeah. I think Fox has been crazy, crazy consistent for a long time. Does he make the blue side this year? I think he should, but we'll see. Mm. Um, Dan, this is on the spot. Yeah. I'm probably forgetting someone, but... You can't put yourself in, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, or Shandor. I'm sure... I've, we'll just put Beemos. I'm sure I'm forgetting yeah, someone. Yeah, I, I can't really think of... I mean, there's a million other wingers that have killed it over the years. Everyone always talks about in terms of like windows, Semi Rajraja in his window. Was, yeah, he was good. Was special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, Beamos is tough to yeah. serve. Proper 274, favourite on-field moment at the Warriors. And this is where you probably get the moment to talk about your winning kicker in 09. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Favourite on-field moment at our club, mate? You know what? It's funny. It's actually, yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. But there was another moment that, you know, like I was struggling a bit for form. And I did like a cover tackle against the Roosters and I think like, and I took one of the players out mm. in extra time or something. And I think we went on to win the game and the, f- the owner, I think came up to me and he said, you know, like that's what being a warrior is all about. And, you know, this is basically saying like, this will help extend your stay here kind of mm. thing. Um, and I just, re- I just remember that fondly cause I was struggling a bit and I was not fitting in. I just didn't feel like it was all working. And then they, you know, obviously it didn't end up working out, but it was still a positive that that, that kind of happened. A bit of reassurance, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Manly was for sure like, you know, five metres in from touch, the game on the line. Yeah. Inversion from the sideline. Rat's tail blowing in the wind. Right, yeah, blonde ratty blowing <laughs> blonde in the wind. Blonde ratty blowing in the wind. Yeah, you yeah. really fit as New Zealand culture with <laughs> blonde ratty. That's unreal. Um, and this one, Andrew Johns, 28. So yeah, who knows? Um, how do you keep a straight face when dealing with those two idiots respectfully? I can only assume he's talking about Tom and Eddie of Hello Sport. Um, how do you keep a straight face dealing with those boys? Talk more about kind of the podcast you have with those boys because that is, as a 
consumer of your content. Mm. My favorite part of the week. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's just three blokes talking utter nonsense. Yeah. That's what it is. And then right at the end, a quick bit of footy. Yeah, like yeah. literally, it says in a row around whatever preview. Yeah, and it's just nonsense for an hour, <laughs> and then a bit of footy talk. And the footy talk is just nothing. Like no. it's just it's just nothing. They're pretty um, self uh, self deprivating in the sense they know. We don't know what we're talking about here, yeah. so let's talk some rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I think on Wednesday, on the Thursday show, sorry, D- DMP, you just got to go into it realising that this is just all nonsense. You've also at that point talked, if I'm, my calculation's right, about eight and a half hours of footy. Yeah, so. so three and a half on Monday. <laughs> three and a half, yeah. And then say a player interview is like, you know, an hour and a half, yeah. and then Wednesday's a three-hour show. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're up so towards you get, about you know, eight hours yeah. of footy. So you probably want to sit in there and talk about Batman as a bouncer or whatever they yeah. tangents they go yeah. down. <laughs> Um, all right, this one comes from Yusef. We've got two more here, bro. Yusef, a huge fan of the beak. Who isn't? Tips to stay motivated slash oh, and out. Tips to stay motivated when feeling fatigued. This isn't just a footy question. So I guess he's more just asking for how do you keep the beak down and moving <laughs> forward, mate? Um, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You've got a, you're lucky to be living where you are. You're lucky that you're happy, you're healthy. Get after it. Love that. And last one, Jared.Marsman asks, it's quite a nice one to end for us, bro. Um, this is a Warriors podcast, and he asks, what do you think Sean Johnson will say when he looks back on his career? Love watching the kid plays footy at the moment. I think what it will look back on and say is, I proved I was more than natural talent. Mm. I think that that was a big, I mean, this is outside looking in, but I think that was a big point for him to go, no, I'm more than just the guy that, is this crazy footwork, this crazy young superstar. You know, I'm, I'm a genuine, hardworking, high-quality athlete, and I think he's proven that. I think he's proven it. Do we make the eight? I don't have you in the eight oh, yet. Oh, all right. That's all we've got time for today. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, bro, I really do appreciate you coming in, man. And like but I said... Hey, just wait, I'll just yeah, say... Caveat. I'll just say... I'm more than happy to be wrong. Yeah, I'm more than good, happy man. to say I got it wrong, guys. So, and we all know your dream grand final was Broncos Warriors. Of anyway, course. The Kemp, Kemp Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Kemp <laughs> Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. That is one take, bro. I really do appreciate, obviously, Maddie and yourself leading me coming here and do this, man. I know that people are going to really love this one. So thanks, well, brother. Thanks for having me. Bloke in a bar, Den and Kemp. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bro.